The Baltimore Ravens have a huge Week 7 matchup with the Detroit Lions, and we talk about the biggest storylines, key matchups, predictions, and so much more coming up next there on this crossover edition of Locked on Ravens. You are Locked on Ravens, your daily Baltimore Ravens podcast, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome into another edition of Locked On Ravens, your daily Baltimore Ravens podcast. I'm your host, Kevin Ostriker of Ravens. Why are you here on the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day? Thank you so much for being here, making us your first listen each and every single day. We're free and available on podcasting platforms, including over in video form on YouTube. And today's episode of Locked On Ravens is brought to you by Prize Picks, the easiest and most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. Go to prizepicks.com slash locked on NFL and use code all lowercase locked on NFL for a first deposit match up to $100. We bring you Ravens content five days per week and honestly more during the regular season with streams after each Ravens game. Big news as well. We do streams for that. Be sure to subscribe to us on YouTube. Follow along in audio form again. We are free and available with that Ravens news analysis updates and so much more. So tell a friend, tell a family member that you can find all your Ravens content over here. Today, though, we're going to be diving into another crossover Thursday. Matt Nary of Locked On Lions is going to join us to talk everything Ravens and Lions. Baltimore coming off a big week six win against the Titans. The Lions beating the Buccaneers in week six, and they are playing like one of the very best teams in the NFC, maybe even in all football right now. So we'll talk with Matt about everything you need to know about that Ravens and Lions week seven matchup. So without any further ado, let's get into our conversation with Matt Derry of Locked On Lions. Matt, this is an exciting week seven matchup here between the Ravens and the Lions. The Lions come into this one on top of the NFC North, the Ravens on top of the AFC North. And I think this could be a really good game between these two. Kev, I mean, we've had some good uh, uh, discussions, you and I, over the years. This one, though, is big. You You got the Fox number one team there with Kevin Burkhart and Greg Olson. Aaron Andrews, Tom Rinaldi, so they know it's a big game. Uh, Ravens are playing pretty good football at four and two. They're always so physical. I was talking about it on my show yesterday. They just they they block and tackle and do the old school stuff, and that's what the that's how the Lions play. So uh, this should be a lot of fun and, and really a huge test for Detroit. You know, going back to back on the road to Tampa and Baltimore, not easy. And let's see how the Lions handle it. Yeah, and I know we're going to get into everything, storylines, matchups, predictions. Let's start with the big storylines, though. The Lions have been one of the NFL's darlings this year. They've certainly backed that up on the field with their play, both offensively and defensively. But if you had to pick one or two big storylines, where would you go? I mean, I just think that the, 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 these road games aren't road games. And it's because Lion fans have invaded these stadiums like nobody's business. I mean, opening night, Thursday in Kansas City, Chiefs getting their rings, uh, not their rings, but getting their, the banner put up and all that stuff. And you see these tweets an hour and a half, an hour before the game, like there's a lot of blue in the stadium. They took over Green Bay and they took over Tampa Bay this weekend. It was ridiculous. Now, I don't know if that'll happen this Sunday, but the Lions feel like going on the road, they see their fans. There's so many of them by the end of the games because they're blowing the other teams out. They're all converging onto the field and into, not onto the field, but close to the field down in the lower bowl. And they just have this it feel like a home game. So, don't know if that'll happen this week. Again, Lamar could go off and then the Ravens could play well. You never know. But that's a storyline here is just, you know, these this takeover, the, the fan base and how well they're playing winners of four in a row. It's all kind of meshing together. What about in uh, in Baltimore? 
Yeah, for the Ravens, I think, you know, injuries have always been the storyline, at least over these past four years. And I think the big one is how healthy they're getting. On Wednesday, the Ravens only had four players not practicing, and one of those included Jadavian Clowney, but he, you know, he should be good to go. I don't think that's anything super serious. The Ravens will probably be without Marcus Williams, who suffered a hamstring injury last week. But for Clowney, it was rest, and he has a little bit of a knee thing, but that shouldn't limit him again. And Afe Owe was limited his first practice back in a while, so maybe he suits up. But if not week seven, it might be week eight. But for the Ravens, who suffered so many injuries early on in the season, the silver lining in that was only one or two were season-ending. They don't have J.K. Dobbins anymore. He suffered the torn Achilles, and a couple other you know depth pieces aren't going to be there for the rest of the year. But they've gotten guys like Ronnie Stanley back and Tyler Linderbaum. Williams came back before getting injured again. He's already been injured twice this year in six weeks. But the other thing in Baltimore, Matt, is probably the sloppiness we've seen on offense. And it's come in a bunch of different ways. Week one against the Texans, they had 13 penalties. Week three against the Colts, they had – four fumbles and four straight drives that ended up costing them the game at the end of it. Week five, seven drops and week six, I think they escaped London and those broad games can be wacky. You know, they never really go like right. according to the full script, but I think the sloppiness of which this new offense is playing with, I don't, I don't think anybody here in Baltimore expected the new offense under Todd Munkin. You bring in new pieces that's all mesh and gel together in the first week of the season and they put up 40 points for the entire season, there was always going to be a bit of a buildup to what hopefully this offense can become. But I think that where the frustration comes in for some Ravens fans in the fan base is just how sloppy it has been. And you mentioned Lions fans traveling, Matt. Well, I'll tell you, they've traveled over to the comment section over on Locked on Ravens. And they said, some of them said they're excited for this crossover. So I'm excited <laughs> for, for giving them this content, but they're traveling to stadiums. They're oh, traveling yeah. to fellow Locked on shows. Oh it, boy. It feels like the excitement that this Lions fan base has been craving for so many years. It's been because this team has been so good on the field. And to me, it's for Baltimore trying to make that Lions offense one dimensional but Matt, how hard has that been for opponents to do this year? I mean, look, the Lions have had their share of injuries too. Let's let's not uh, let's not poo-poo this. At five and one, it's been awesome. But you know, Chauncey Gardner Johnson being lost for the year. David Montgomery, two separate injuries. Brian Branch, arguably their best defender, and he's a second-round rookie, has been so good. Has missed the last two weeks, uh, and some shuffling along the offensive line. Yet this team continues to find a way to win. I mean, you ask about the offense. It starts with a quarterback. I mean, Jared Goff is playing at a very high MVP-type level. I know that's weird to say, wait, Jared Goff an MVP, but it's true. Third in the league in passer rating, uh, current uh, reigning NFC Offensive Player of the Week against a very good, good Tampa defense, throws for 350 and two touchdowns and doesn't turn it over. So, uh, yeah, I love you. Know, look, it doesn't matter if it's uh, uh, Martindale or whomever has been the Ravens D coordinators all these years, and obviously uh, some of the faces we know from University of Michigan always seem to go from Harbaugh to Harbaugh, but Ravens are always just so solid, you know, especially at linebacker. And you don't get the extra 8, 12, 14 yards against Baltimore. You got to really, really earn it. And that's going to be what's a very interesting matchup this week is, is watching that Baltimore defense against the Lions offense. Because the Lions, even though they, they weren't great this week in Tampa, still put up over 20 points, had a couple of splashy plays, and uh, did enough offensively to win the game. Yeah, and again, sometimes you just have to go want to know, and that's what it takes, even if it's sloppy, even if it's not pretty, and we saw that for the Ravens in Tennessee, or not in Tennessee, it was in London, it was an away game for the Ravens, but 
they've had a couple of these big road stretches where the first five weeks, Matt, they played all three of their AFC North opponents on the road. They're done with divisional road games through week five. That's it. So now they have a home game here where it's the Ravens. Sometimes they play well at home. Sometimes they don't. We've, we've seen them actually be a better road team over the course of these last couple of seasons in some ways, shapes, and forms. So I'm going to be really interested for the Ravens side of things to see how they return home and respond. But for this Lions team, I think also when you talk about the Ravens offense versus the Lions defense, this is a good run battle that's coming up here. And, yep. and I want to talk about it a little bit in the first time we'll transition over to the second segment too. But the Lions have the second best run defense in terms of eight yards per attempt this year while the Ravens have struggled a little bit more than we're used to. They used to be, you know, top five, top three, but it's a new offense. They're 12th right now in yards per attempt. A key storyline for me is making sure that this Ravens offense does not get one-dimensional and have the run game completely taken out. And part of that is going to have to do with Gus Edwards and Justice Hill. But as everybody knows, Matt, another part of that is going to have to do with how can the Lions stop Lamar Jackson on some of those option plays, but also on some of the scramble runs that he has. Well, and I'll say this, and I watched all the game uh, Sunday morning. The Ra Raven fans, I could hear them groaning from Baltimore watching overseas. Uh, some of those um, red zone play calls made no sense to me. You get real creative all the way down the field. Then you get down inside the red zone, and it's just vanilla city. Um, I, I, it surprised me a little bit. I would expect Sunday that to change. You know, misdirection, play pass, Mark Andrews is open, something like that. Because to me, you get down the field and then you're settling for field goals. And obviously you got the best kicker maybe ever. But um, I thought that was kind of interesting to see. And I, I wonder if that continues this week. Because I know they, they want to run the ball, but my goodness, uh, you get creative down the field and you get inside the red red area, Kevin. It's just uh, uh, then it gets, <laughs> then it gets like you said, sloppy and really uh, real close to the vest. And it's been such – it's a night and day shift for what it was for them over the, over the first four weeks. The Ravens had the best red zone offense in the league, 80% conversion percentage. But these past two in week five and week six, they've been two for nine, which obviously is not going to be best in the league and is not 80%. So you're right. I think in instances last week, they ran the ball and they should have been throwing it, throw it when they should have been running it. And there just wasn't, I think, structure – to their red zone offense. And it was such a huge issue for them last year. I think fans were hopeful that, Hey, these first four weeks they've solved and they've cracked that code, but it, it just didn't go that way. But coming up, coming up in the second part of the show here, we'll talk about some of the key matchups, both for individual players and positional groups here on both locked on Ravens and locked on Lions. Don't go anywhere. Still a ton to talk about on the show. First though, this episode of both locked on Ravens and locked on lions is brought to you by bird dogs and bird dogs make you look really good. I'm actually wearing some right now. I got multiple pairs of bird dogs in the closet and they have these stretch khaki material. It's really great. The stretch khaki shorts, they're designed to fit slimmer through the thigh and leg, giving you that truly sculpted look and bird dog shorts do the exact same thing as Lululemon, but they actually fit way better. The fit is great. And plus, since they fit way better than those regular shorts, they are made of that stiff, restricting cotton sometimes, those other shorts. But Bird Dogs fish that issue by inventing the cloud knit fabric that looks just like khaki, but it stretches out so you get a way slimmer fit. And for me, I'm big on the stretchiness. I don't want to feel super restricted. Bird Dogs definitely don't have that problem with me. And Bird Dogs uses this great anti-stink sweat wicking fabric that keeps you cool and dry 
all day long. And if you're going maybe to golf or on a date, you got an evening out with some friends or family, bird dogs are functional for any occasion. So go to birddogs.com slash NFL or enter promo code LockdownNFL at checkout for a free bird dogs water bottle with your order, which is really sweet, by the way. That's birddogs.com slash NFL for a free water bottle at checkout. You won't want to take your bird dogs off, we promise you. We're back here, Locked On Ravens, Locked On Lions, crossover Thursday edition, Kevin Ostriker and Matt Derry talking Ravens-Lions week seven matchup. Should be, I think, one of the better games in the league this week, Matt, especially considering where these two teams are and how they've performed for the most part. But with key matchups, individually, positionally, we talked about it a bit in that first segment. Is there any specific player matchup or, or positional matchup you're honing in on this week? Well, I mean, I, I I would say this. I would say, and I know this, it seems like we do this every time, but Lamar Jackson against the Lions linebackers. I, I truly, you know, Jack Campbell is starting to play more. He was a first-round pick, but because the Lions have Alex Anzalone playing so well right now and uh, Derek Barnes has been good, I'm wearing my Malcolm Rodriguez T-shirt today, just figured I'd, I'd mix it up a bit. But, like, those guys have been good. They, this is the deepest linebacker group the Lions have had. And it seems like one week Jack Campbell will play well. Anzalone's been good all every week. Uh, Derek Barnes has been good. And, you know, Rodrigo gets his shot. So to watch and see if Lamar is being, if it's a six-yard run, a four-yard run, a five-yard run, I think the Lions are fine. But it's those open field. Does he get the 15, 20, 25-yarder? Um, if, if, you know, Brian Branch will be a spy. They had Chauncey Gardner-Johnson, and they don't because he's out. Uh, that would be a key kind of matchup to go, all right, is, is CJGJ going to be the guy kind of cloning and watching uh, and ghosting Lamar Jackson throughout the game and um, and kind of spying on him? So that's the only thing I want to watch. Uh, first and foremost, he's your leading rusher, over 300 yards rushing so far. How will the linebackers handle when he gets into space? Can they, can they, can they take him down, force third and twos instead of first and tens? That's something to watch, I think, uh, on our end. How about with you? I think for me, and I kind of mentioned it earlier, making the Lions offense one-dimensional is going to be key if the Ravens want to have a shot because part of it's going to be can the can the Ravens offense not put their defense in bad situations like they have been. And as I've been saying, the Lions to me are the Ravens' biggest test this year, especially when it comes to the offense. The Ravens' offenses that they've played this year, I mean, we can just quickly list them off. Week one, C.J. Stroud, first ever start with Tamiko Ryans as a rookie head coach. Week two, Joe Burrow who definitely was not 100% in week no. two and still isn't right now. Week three was a backup in Gardner Minshew. Week four, a backup in Dorian Thompson-Robinson. Week five, that atrocious Steelers offense. Week six, a not-so-good Titans offense. This is by far the best offense the Ravens have played this year. And I'm not trying to say the Ravens defense hasn't played well. They've been really, really good this year. But this is going to be the test. And part of that, to me, is going to be, can the Ravens stop? It's not going to be David Montgomery, but Jameer Gibbs. Maybe if he's back, we don't know officially yet. But that Lions run game, although they haven't been, you know, a top five rushing unit this year, they've gotten contributions. And if you can take away that running game and you can feel a little better about just, all right, let's focus on stopping Jared Goff and focus on stopping those Lions pass catchers, that'll be really key. But I know a huge storyline there, Matt, has been the usage of Jameer Gibbs. I know he's been out with an injury these these past couple here. But did you see flashes from him early on that you're now excited at the potential of getting him back in this game? Yeah, you know, it's been it's been weird. Um, it's kind of been a roller coaster. When they took him, everybody went, what are they doing? At 12, you're taking a running back? This isn't 1985 anymore. Oh, my gosh, big mistake. What are they doing? Then 
He had really good flashes during training camp, some of the uh, 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 joint practices, and looked really good. Week one against Kansas City, anytime he touched the ball, it was explosive. But he didn't touch it much, and he was on the sidelines a lot of the game because David Montgomery was doing his thing, St. Brown, et cetera, and they won. So now you're excited about Jameer Gibbs. Then when Montgomery goes down, it's all Gibbs, and he's running between the tackles, and it obvious, it's obvious that he's not uh, a, a, a yak, not a yak guy, but a you know, yards after contact guy like a Montgomery is. Then he got hurt. So it's been kind of a mixed bag. Uh, you know, the Lions running back coach you know, the other day made a comment about, you know, we, we think he's right on, on pace and on track. Well, he hasn't played the last two weeks, and now you're right. If Mont- well, Montgomery won't play, but if Gibbs does play, how do they utilize him? Is this finally the week where Ben Johnson, who's a offensive genius and the best OC, I think, in the league, is this the week they, you know, they, they're giving him stuff in motion, uh, some slants, uh, some end arounds, out of the backfield, you are throwing some bubble screens his way, uh, pitch plays, whatever it is to get him out wide and get him going in motion uh, and, and kind of in space. Is this the week they do that? Not going to be easy against Roquan Smith. I mean, the Gibbs versus Smith is a lot of fun to watch because uh, that guy's having a great year or so. But I think this would be the week if Gibbs is healthy coming back from that hamstring that uh, that uh, he kind of makes some big plays finally, some splashier plays. And another one I'm looking at, you mentioned Roquan Smith. I'd say the Ravens linebackers versus Sam Laporta. I know that he mm-hmm. kind of had something flare up for him in practice last week. Was still able to go in the game against Tampa, but Laporta. You mentioned this Lions draft class, Matt. They've, you know, again there was some mixed, mixed reviews on it after it, but they've contributed in a bunch of different ways. Roquan has been really good in coverage this year. Not to mention, you know, he's just he's one of the best all around players in the in the game, in my opinion. But he's been able to deflect passes, get in passing lanes, and he has really high situational awareness. And for a guy like Sam Laporta, the Ravens have had issues covering tight ends and running backs out of the backfield over the last several years. I think Roquan Smith has masked a lot of those issues with his play, but Laporta's burst onto the scene here. We see these rookie tight ends usually not have very high impact until after the rookie year is over. I mean, Laporta started that train for him week one against Kansas City and really for the most part hasn't slowed down. No, and there were a lot of tight ends taken, obviously. Kincaid, uh, Michael Mayer, all these guys. And Laporte has been the best. He really has. He's been a great security blanket for Jared Goff. Um, and again, I think this is another week where some third down conversions will be will be going number 87's way. He's uh, He's been very good. And tell me about Mark Andrews, because I know that the Lions kind of are in the same boat as the Ravens. They've not been great against tight ends in the past, although this year has been much better. But is is he where he usually is right now? I think for the most part, it was a little bit of a slow or start for him. But over the past couple of weeks, he and Lamar have had that connection back. And I think part of it has been, you're again, trying to work in so many new pieces. I mean, Zay Flowers has been so good for them. He's getting so much of the target share. It really has been. It almost reminds me a bit of what, of what it was when Marquise Brown was still in Baltimore, because obviously you have better options around those two. But it was, all right, who's going to get the ball between Marquise Brown and Mark Andrews and who are the teams going to defend? It was one guy got blanketed and didn't have a big game. The other guy was left alone and had a massive workload and a massive game. Now you still have Odell Beckham. You still have Rashad Bateman. You bring in those different pass catchers. But with Mark Andrews, he has been, you know, just like you said, Laporta has been golf security blanket. Well, 
Andrews has been Lamar's security blanket. They came into the league together. They've had that connection and they've been growing it for so long. But I think what has people excited about the potential of the offense, and again, we're still using that word potential because it hasn't reached it yet, is with having Zay, who's been so explosive. You're hoping you can get a little more from Odell and Rashad Bateman. They haven't had great, strong starts. But it's like if those guys can get it going, who, who are you going to cover a single? Like, who are you going to put one-on-one? Is it going to be Odell? Is it going to be Rashad Bateman? Now, those two haven't had the great starts, but Andrews and Zay have been kind of the massive target share. I'm sure Zay will get anywhere from seven to ten targets in this one. I'm sure Mark Andrews will get eight, maybe eight to ten. But you also have guys like Nelson Aguilar stepping up, and to me, that's been really important for them just because this is the best receiver room Lamar Jackson has ever had. And I think Lamar this year looks a lot more calm he looks more collected he's making good decisions for the most part even though his stats will never really like you know he's not going to throw for 350 passing yards and four touchdowns every game but he makes the impact with his efficiency completion percentage has been up there the entire year he's doing it in different ways that aren't going to necessarily show on the box score with Kirk Cousins and all these other guys having these massive passing yards but Lamar's doing it at a more efficient rate which I think has been really important for him. But coming up in the final part of the show, we'll get into what each team has to do in order to win this game. And we'll also give some predictions as well. So be sure to stay tuned. We still have a lot to dive into here on both Locked on Ravens and Locked on Lions. First, though, this episode is brought to you by FanDuel. And you can snap into action this NFL season with FanDuel, America's number one sports. But right now, new customers can get $200 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place a $5 bet. That's $200 in bonus bets, win or lose. And if you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on the action. And the app is super easy to use. There's a wide range of betting options over there that include spreads, player props, overrunners, and more. So if you're looking at some best to get in on in this Ravens-Lions game, maybe you want to take some Lamar Jackson props, Jared Goff, maybe Jameer Gibbs plays. You want to take some of those, you can, or Zay Flowers to continue his strong start to the year. So many different things to look at over on FanDuel. So visit FanDuel.com slash locked on and kick off the NFL season. FanDuel official partner of the NFL. And this episode of both Locked on Ravens and Locked on Lions is brought to you by Jace Medical and for Jace, it can be really important to make sure that you have customizable, personalized emergency medication kits. And the Jace case is a personalized emergency medication kit that gives you five essential antibiotics that treat the most common and deadly bacterial infections. You can also customize your case and add additional life-saving medications based off of your unique needs. And it's really important, too, to make sure that you feel comfortable and confident in the medication that you get. And they have really good options over there as well. Plus, there is a lot that you like in terms of different things that are going on, whether in your personal life or in the world right now. The Jace case is certainly there for you. Plus, you don't have to be caught unprepared. Everyone should be empowered to care for themselves and their loved ones during the unexpected. Jace handles everything from the online evaluation, a licensed pharmacy medication delivery, and ongoing consultation and care. So for Jace case, again, you get those five life-saving antibiotics for emergency use. All it takes to get a Jace case is you fill out a simple online form. And in some cases, jump on a quick call with one of their board-certified physicians. Get ongoing care from their physicians on any treatment-related questions. Doctor-created, doctor-recommended as well. Go to jacemedical.com and enter code locked on at checkout for a $20 discount on your order. That's promo code locked on at J-A-S-E medical.com. We're back here. It's our final segment of both Locked On Ravens and Locked On Lions. Kevin Ostriker still here with Matt Derry. 
And Matt, there's a lot to talk about when you're looking at this Ravens and Lions game. Huge matchup for both teams and could really be, you know, the Lions have had a great stretch. The Ravens are still trying to find, and they've had a bunch of win-loss flips, you know, win-loss, win-loss, win-loss. If they were to lose this one, it would continue that pattern. So <laughs> Ravens are hoping to get a little streak going. But when you're talking about what the Lions have to do, in your opinion, to win this game, where are you looking as kind of your biggest points that the Lions have to do in order to win it? No, I, I look at this game, and like I said, physical, low scoring. I, I don't see this being some kind of shootout um, by any stretch of the imagination. Um, the Lions have been really, really good with penalties. Uh, they've had a few games where they've stubbed their toe and have not played as well as I think they would have liked, uh, but they've played clean football. Uh, the turnover battle they've usually won, which has been nice. And again, Jared Goff has done a really, really good job of taking care of the ball really the last two years. Um, I look at a special teams mistake. I look at, you know, a holding call on a long run that brings some, something back playing the, the, the field position game, you know, Jack Fox this past Sunday with a couple of punts inside the 20 at one, actually inside the two, uh, could be a weapon this week, uh, for this, for this lions team. So I just think Detroit has got to be, got to make all their kicks, got to not shank any punts and then not the Jack does that, but. I just I see something flipping in this game with some sort of special teams mistake or or key penalty, uh, and it can't be the Lions. That um, they've done a good job, they've played clean, but you cannot give, you know, Ravens a short field or any kind of uh, you know giving the home team any kind of extra advantage. So I, I kind of look at maybe a small error here or there that could swing this game. What do you see? Yeah, for the Ravens, I think that if that were to happen, we've seen it where again. The Ravens offense has put their defense in some bad spots over the course of this year, but one, their defense is playing so well and two, the offenses they've been playing just haven't been some of these top units where I think if the Ravens offense again has a couple untimely turnovers or big penalties, or they go three and out a bunch of times or can't convert in the red zone, this Lions offense is by far the most equipped to take advantage of those mistakes and move the ball down the field. Because we saw that Pittsburgh game, Matt, where it was 10 to 8, you know, the weird like safety going on. It was 10 to 8 for most of the fourth quarter, but the Ravens were again dropping passes. They were going three and out against the Lions. That's a better offense than Pittsburgh's. That game is not 10 to 8 if you're playing no. the Lions, because no. the Lions, I think, take advantage, regardless of how good your Ra the Ravens defense is playing. It's not a slight to the Ravens defense. It's me saying, yeah, well, the Ravens offense can't put that defense in those situations. So kind of going off of what you were saying, to me, the Ravens have to play not a perfect game, but one of those plays like you talked about could go a long way in determining the outcome. So for me, I think it's just limiting some of those turnovers, figuring out defensively how to slow down the Lions run game, first of all, and then continuing that momentum into just making it Jared Goff speeding up that internal clock, maybe getting some pressure on him. The Ravens have had really good contributions from Jadavian Clowney and Justin Matabike and Kyle Van Noy, a former friend over there I know in Detroit for you. Yes, KVN, he's a legend. <laughs> <laughs> he, he, he comes over literally during the year and has multiple pass deflections, multiple pressures. He's been great for him. And I know he, not only in Detroit, but in New England and Miami, has made a really big impact on the teams he's been on. But if you can get pressure on Jared Goff after stopping the Lions run game, hopefully, I think that will go a long way for Baltimore. So I think offense is just not being sloppy. Defense is forcing the Lions to be one-dimensional. But let's get into the predictions here, Matt. 
Is this a game that you think the Lions can go into Baltimore? You mentioned the Lions fans have been taken over. You think they can take over, give the Lions a little home boost, and they come out with a win here, or do you think that it'll go the Ravens' way? I can't pick against this team right now. And I maybe I sound like a giant homer, but I can't. I, I you know, I look at it and go, hey, look, you split on the road and go back to back Tampa and Baltimore, and go one and one. That's fine. That's good. Uh, but there's something about this operation right now that just <laughs> it doesn't make any sense. I they are playing really well and they're together and they're focused. And even you know, when they were double-digit favorites against Carolina, there was no let up. Uh, they never took their foot off the necks of the Bucks this week. You know, twice now this year they've held teams without a touchdown, Atlanta and Tampa. Not that those are great offenses or great quarterbacks with Ritter and Baker, but still, I just think you know it could come down to a Riley Patterson kick. I think he's been pretty decent for the most part, and uh, you know maybe they turn the tables from a couple of years ago. I'm not saying it's going to be a, a doink and over to win like Justin Tucker did, but I'm going to go 20 to 19 and take the Lions. For me, here's where I am. I think, again, this is the toughest test for the Ravens all season. They haven't necessarily played a full 60-minute full game on offense, where there have been two different offensive outcomes, I guess, for Baltimore this year. It's been either they start really fast and they get off to a strong start, but then they fizzle out towards the second half and in that second half. Or they start a little bit slow, but then they figure it out in the second half and later in the first so to me, I want to see a full, consistent 60 minutes. I don't know if we're going to get that in this game, but the Ravens seem to play down and up to competition. It just feels like that's what they do. They never make it easy on themselves. And in this case, I think the Lions are a team that, hey, you look at the Ravens, you look at the Lions. These two teams have a lot of different matchups and, and personnel that you can look at and say they're pretty evenly matched in some, and there are some differences in others. But I think for me, I'm going to go – I'll trust the Ravens this week. I'll trust them. I'll go 22 to 19 and Justin, Tuck, <laughs> T- Justin Tucker breaks the tie because you oh. mentioned Riley Patterson over there. I can't bet against the best kicker of all time and Justin Tucker, especially after what we saw last time when the Ravens and lions matched up on that. What was it? Fourth and 19 from the yeah. Marta Sammy Watkins. And they, they have that hero drive when they really should have lost that game. They played sloppy in that one and somehow pulled it out. So this will be a different game than that, though. It's a different team. The Lions are showing that they're one of the better teams in the NFC Conference this year, and I'm expecting them to kind of run away with that North Division because uh, I haven't really seen a lot from any of the other three. No, no, but, they're going to. They're yeah. going to. For me, they're I think one of the best though, teams in the entire league right now, not just yeah. the NFC, which is uh, crazy to think. But I think you and I both agree, low scoring and. Uh, we'll see. We'll see what happens in the end. Major shout out to Matt for providing that Lions insight for us here. And I do think this will be a very close game, a hard fought one. Look, we know the Ravens never make it easy on themselves, right? So I think that the Ravens will take this one, but I don't think it'll be one of those oh, full 60 minute game of everything going fine and dandy. These two teams will be fighting for every single second of this game. That's all I have for you here today on Locked on Ravens. Thank you so much for tuning in. Coming up tomorrow, we have a really exciting episode, so be sure to stay tuned for that. You won't want to miss it. I'll see you right back here tomorrow talking more Ravens on Locked on Ravens.